an ambassador in chains. We're coming to the end of our study of Ephesians. I may say just a couple of things next week, but I'm going to kind of follow up with where, where we were last week. So if you want to stand with me, let me read a few verses from Ephesians 6. It's 18 to 20 if you're following along in your Bible. We've now, we've now put on the armor of God, and so then we start with and. So you've put on the armor of God and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whatever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, what word jumps out of those few verses? <laughs> Matt, you didn't want to risk it, huh? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's just three verses. And look how I just highlighted, pray, 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 six times. So the emphasis is really the importance of prayer in our lives. Please have a seat. We've looked at the final word. You know, Paul has written this letter and we come down to the kind of the closing paragraph. This is my final word. The final word is be strong in the Lord Jesus. Be strong in his mighty power. And the question can be, well, how, how do we do that? How do we as a community, individually and corporately, how, how can we be strong in Jesus? How can we be strong in his mighty power? So he tells us two things. One... I want you to put on the full armor of God. And he's really drawing from, it's a metaphor. He's looking at fully armed uh, Roman soldiers saying, you, you need to put on this armor. It's not the same, it's not literally armor, but put on, you're going to be strong in the Lord by putting on the armor of God. Truth, righteousness, the readiness of the gospel of peace, salvation, the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. And then he also says, you're also going to be strong by intercession for others. So by, by really beginning to learn how to pray for each other and for others, that strengthens us. That, those are the two things. And he says, well, why, why, do, why? You know, why do we need to be strong in the Lord? Why do we need to put on his mighty strength? What, why? Why? Well, two things. One, the, probably the focal point of the final three chapters is uh, this invitation. We, we have been, been chosen to live a life worthy of his calling. We've been chosen to live a life worthy of his invitation. And really the emphasis there is we've been invited into the kingdom of Jesus. And in being invited into that kingdom, there is a lifestyle that goes along with when we say Jesus is our Savior, Jesus is our Lord, then that means we're giving him permission to order our lives individually, corporately. We're living the way that Jesus lived. And because we're called to do that, we've been invited into this kingdom lifestyle, well, we have to understand that we're going to face resistance to that. There is opposition. Any of us that say, you know, I want to know Jesus, I want to follow Jesus, I want my lifestyle to change. I, I want to become like Jesus in the way that I live my life. I want to be in his kingdom. I really want to be committed to his kingdom. I really want to... There's going to be resistance to that. 
And the Bible identifies that resistance as the devil. There's an evil one. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. You know, don't let us come close to temptation because we tend to be gullible. We tend to follow into it. So lead us a long way away from temptation and deliver us from the, this, the attacks of this evil one. And so there is a spiritual battle. And, you know, we can make that bigger than what it is or we can make it smaller than what it is. What we're trying to find out, well, you know, let's just make it just right. And the just right is if you are determined to follow Jesus, if you are determined... To, to ask Jesus to transform you, to improve your life, to live up to just the things that the New Testament says we are to do. There's going to be resistance to that. We as a community, when we're, hey, we want Jesus to be the focal point of our community. Hey, we're following Jesus. We're just ordinary people following Jesus. Learn. There's going to be resistance to that. And in order for us to, to stand our ground, we don't have to defeat that evil we don't have to run from that evil. We just need to stand our ground when the, when the resistance comes. So that's, that's why we need to be strong in the Lord and in His mighty strength. Last week we looked at putting on the full armor of God. You know, this is a photo from the first century of what it looked like to, uh, to be fully armed. The belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness, shoes and the readiness of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. Now, every one of us is... I mean, if we were a soldier in a cohort of eight, because Roman soldiers tended to travel in eight, then, then each one of us, if the battle cry, hey, we're, we're being attacked, then every one of us individually would have to put on armor. But a Roman soldier never fought alone. And so if you just draw from that Roman world, yes, every one of us needs to learn how to put on the full armor of God. Each one of us needs to learn the place of truth and righteousness, the gospel of peace, faith, salvation, the word of God. We need, we need to learn how, how we apply that individually, but we never resist evil alone. That was what I really hoped you picked up from last week. Because when, when, when an attack came, this is what it looked like. Roman soldiers never fought alone, unless everybody else was wiped out. They, they, they got together in a cluster. And so this little formation was called the tortoise, because it's like you have a, a turtle shell over you. And this is the picture I really want us to have as a community, because as we're learning from Jesus as we're, we're striving to live what he's directing us, we're, there's going to be attacks. It's, it's going to happen. There's ambushes along the way. And we need to learn how to do this. We need to learn to do this not just because I need to protect me, but I need to do this because I need to protect David and Beth and KK, because we're, we're in this together, and the attack is coming against us, not just against me. It's against us. So we want to learn how, okay, we got the shield of faith. We're trusting in Jesus. The arrows start flying. Okay, how do we assemble together and hold up those shields? Now, one of the cool things, it doesn't show this. This is kind of a group standing. But usually when the Romans took this position, they got down on one knee and held their shield, and guys held above. 
That, that's kind of the position. So it really connects between putting on the full armor of God and praying. Because that's where Paul takes us next. Okay? So we put on the armor of God together. We're resisting an attack. And we're learning to pray. So that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we pray? Well, we, we pray together. And again, in that, those, those few verses, six times. He starts with, okay, with general prayer and then more specific supplications. So he's using different words for prayer. I want you to pray all the time. Every occasion is an occasion to pray. He's really saying, you know, you need to stay connected with each other in prayer and with Jesus. So stay connected through prayer in general, through specific supplication. Every occasion of life is an occasion to pray. So we want to learn how to do that, how to incorporate together praying every occasion. And we want to pray in the Spirit. Well, what does that mean? Well, as a community, we want to pray in the Spirit. I could think of three things that the New Testament is teaching us. One, Jesus said, I'm going to send you the paraclete, the one who comes alongside, another helper. The Holy Spirit helps us. And, we, and so, you know, as we grow in our faith, you know, sometimes we, we talk about the Heavenly Father and we talk about Jesus more than we talk about the third person, the Holy Spirit. Well, for us as a community to successfully resist the attack of the enemy, we've got to learn how to pray together and we need to learn how to rely upon the Holy Spirit who helps us do that. So we, we all need to know who the Holy Spirit is. We, we need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We've got to get to the point where we can say, hey, hello, Holy Spirit, and that doesn't seem weird to us. I mean, it doesn't seem weird to say, hello, Jesus. I love how Ron prays, Daddy, you know, Abba, Father, Daddy. And we don't, we don't have, but sometimes we have this hang-up about saying Holy Spirit, as if we're not supposed to do that. Well, I think he gets like, he, I don't well, he's bigger than getting his feelings hurt, but, you know, I think he feels a little neglected sometimes. So it's okay to talk to the Holy Spirit. He's the helper. He's the teacher. He's the counselor. So as we pray together, he's helping us pray together. Second, there's times when we're praying and we just we're, we don't know what to pray. Sometimes it just seems that the resistance for us to move forward is just so hard. And so we just kind of get to the point of frustration Paul talks about in Romans 8. I just, just, all I can do is groan. And when I, when, I, when I can't groan anymore, they're just the Holy Spirit from within me. I just, he, he allows these groans. And so what that's really teaching us is the Holy Spirit, like Jesus, intercedes for us. He's praying for us. And, so, and it's from within. And, and so these deep groans and silence. Of, but he's doing that. He's at work interceding for us. And then the other part of it is that Paul does teach us about spiritual gifts. As the Holy Spirit determines. It's the Holy Spirit's call when we would receive the spiritual gift of praying in languages. That's, that's his call. And there is that occasion where we, we, ha we have this, this prayer in a language that's not our own. Paul talks about that. You know, I, you know, he faced a lot of resistance with his team. 
And so when there were those moments, the Holy Spirit determined, Paul, you need help. You need to be empowered with a prayer in a language that's not your own, which really built him up. It didn't build up the body of Christ, but it built him up to stand the ground against the attack of the evil one. So those are the ways that the New Testament, I think, teaches us to pray in the Spirit. So as a community praying together, we want to learn to pray general, specific prayers all the time, every occasion, in relationship, friendship, association, empowerment by the Holy Spirit. And then he takes it a next, a next step. It's not just praying together. It's praying together for others. Praying together for all the saints. And uh, the saints are the holy ones. The saints are each other. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a saint. You're a saint. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we've been brought up in other traditions, that may seem like a little bit of a stretch. But that's what the holy ones, the saints, that's what the New Testament identifies, people that follow Jesus. And we are to be vigilant for other followers of Jesus. We had our Young Life crew up here. I mean, I hope that we as a community remain vigilant for Ron and Becky and Kylie and others as they are doing the ministry of Young Life because they're kind of on the cusp, on the cutting edge of, of sharing the good news of Jesus. Well, there's going to be resistance to that. So we want to be vigilant. We want to be awake. We want to recognize that, man, they're our friends. They're other believers. We stay awake and alert, vigilant. We keep watch over others. So we have friends, friends that are in our city, that we think of, that we pray for. We have friends in the vineyard. You know, I just think about my friends... Uh, I spent some time with a couple from Tucson, uh, Gary and Susan, and they just, they, just, they just started Facebook. And I knew that they couldn't, re they couldn't refuse my friend request. So you know, now we're friends. And then that just is a way for us to pray for each other, remember each other. We have, you know, because of who, where we go in the world, we have friends in Chile. So we're, we remember and pray for Lavinias in, in Chile. We, we have folks in the church in Israel and Palestine. We remember them. Life is pretty difficult in the Middle East. And there, there are times there's news reports that it's just our opportunity to pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ in another part of the world. Kathy visits, visits us from the UK. There's believers there, believe it or not. There's also, you know, she's introduced us to people in Rwanda and Nigeria and around the world. Esther's from Germany. You know, she has a home church in Germany. So now we're going to be able to pray for other people all over the world. And then in the news, I mean, I don't know how many of us realize there's, there's a historic church in Syria. I don't know if you've read about the tensions that they're living in. Jeremy brought me an article last week, just a really insightful article of, of the church in Syria that is trying to navigate what, 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 what do we do? Don't know if you all know, there's, there's a church in Iran. And, you know, so if there's going to be an attack on Iran, guess what? There's some of our brothers and sisters in Christ that are going to be in harm's way. And so we want to pray for our, you know, for the saints around the world. We just don't think of ourselves. We intercede, praying together on all occasions in the Spirit and especially towards 
all the saints around the world. Now, that seems like a daunting task. But look how many people are sitting in this room. We're not all praying for the same people all the time. But when your attention is drawn to certain people, then share that with somebody. You know, so we're praying together for the church around the world. And we keep persevering in that. See, when we pray together, and we pray on all occasions, and we pray in the Spirit and we pray for all the saints, and we persevere in that, then we are holding our ground against the resistance that is there. And we actually, as we participate in praying that way, it actually strengthens us. It may seem like, well, man, I'm expending so much energy, I'm getting tired. No, it actually strengthens us. If you could remember, remember when Jesus went out into the wilderness, and for 40 days he fasted? And he faced the resistance of the evil one. And then after that, he comes back to Galilee. And, and the scripture says, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So actually, his fasting, his prayer, his resisting the evil one in isolation, solitude, actually strengthened him to begin what he did. So we need to learn that as a community. Spiritual exercises strengthen us. They don't take away, they strengthen us. Then it doesn't stop there, because Paul says, last but not least, would you also pray for me? And I don't think he's saying that, you know, you've forgotten me. He's just saying, he was always thinking of others before he thought of himself. Again, there's something to learn from that. He says, pray. And this is, a, this is a, like a remarkable statement. Pray that I may be given a, met, a message when I open my mouth. Pray that I may be given a message when I open my mouth. Now, for those of us that know Paul and have read about Paul, you know, that may seem like, well, he, you know, like he, probably, like, he probably wrote messages all the time. But I think we may kind of miss the point in that he didn't have canned talks. And, and then I think we might miss the point that, like, where is he? Like, he's in jail. And, like, he could actually be like John the Baptist, who knew exactly who he was. I'm the one who's making the way for the one that's following me, but when I'm in jail and I'm about to be beheaded, I begin to ask questions. Are you really the one? I think Paul, at times, had questions. Man, I'm in trouble again for this message that I'm proclaiming. And so when he begins to ask, pray for me that I would fearlessly, courageously, I think, I think what's going on is, hey, I'm in prison again. And I really need prayer and I need the Holy Spirit to empower me and I actually need the perfect words at the perfect time so I really need Jesus through the Holy Spirit to give me a message to be delivered now I'm not relying upon what he told me last week when I was beaten half to death I'm relying upon what he would give me now and then it's really connected 
with the very end. Pray that the mystery of the gospel would be revealed through the message I deliver fearlessly to those who've put me in prison. You see, the mystery of the gospel, that's been a whole theme through Ephesians. See, this message that God gave to Paul and the message that he's given to us, if there's not revelation, that means if, if God, the Holy Spirit, doesn't turn on the light, that means if there's not some sort of experience between someone that hears this message and a God, then, then you don't understand this message. And Paul understood that. I, 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 you know, I'm in prison and I want to say exactly what needs to be said about the mystery of the gospel so that when the people hear that, God would reveal who he is and that lives would be changed. I mean, he really took the heart. Man, I really want people to hear what I have to say. And it wasn't like it was always necessary for him to say. He, he wanted to have this inspiration kind of in the moment, to say what needed to be said. Now, you and I, I don't know if you realize, but we can still get in trouble for declaring the mystery of the gospel. You know, and it's, in, in this case, what, what he's talking about is that God, through history starting back with Adam and flowing to Noah and then coming to Abraham, then coming to Jacob. Then you know, they have this people called Israel and we're moving to Jesus. And now what God is doing is he's taking these people called Gentiles and he's adding them into the people of God. And now the people of God, whether you're a Gentile or a Jew, you're on equal standing. With, and that, right, that was just this explosive message. Matter of fact, it really still is an explosive message. I mean, the, the, the mystery of the gospel is that it's even ground for everybody. That the chosen one is Jesus. And so that everybody, regardless of what your ethnicity is, what nation, wherever you're coming from, no matter what your history is, when you come to Jesus, now you become the chosen people because you're following Jesus. And everything that God spoke is being fulfilled through Jesus to the people that are following Jesus. And he keeps inviting everybody to follow. Well, you start preaching that message, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get in trouble with the religious people, just like Jesus. So you want to be like Jesus? Just, you know, just kind of dig in there, learn that message, and start proclaiming it. And then some of us are still, we're like we're really in prison with, I'm just so terrified to tell anybody about what I believe. Well, we all need to be encouraged and empowered to tell people what you know. Can we just like take a moment, take a deep breath? Breathe in, breathe out. Because we have a message that has to be revealed to people, we can't convince anybody. It's not our job to try to tell people, I'm right and you're wrong. Our job is simply to be in step with the Holy Spirit who says, you know, at this time, this is what you need to say. This is how you need to say it. Just tell your story. 
Whether that person believes you, doesn't believe you, agree with you, doesn't, that doesn't matter. You just tell your story. It's really not about what's right, what's wrong. It's about telling your story. Jesus didn't send Paul into the world to argue with people. He sent him into the world to tell people, this is what I've discovered. God just blown my socks off. This is my story. Every one of us in this room has a story. Tell people your story. As the Holy Spirit gives you courage to tell that story, as you rely upon the Holy Spirit, to, to, to just, just say this. I'm convinced. You don't have to agree with me. I'm convinced we say too much. And I'm really convinced that guys like me with the gifting that we have say way too much. We don't have to say that much. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you to say to somebody and say it with conviction, fearlessly? It's your story. See, that's what Paul is doing. He's challenged in that because he's in jail. Imprisoned. My friends, we will face resistance if we want to commit ourselves to being a community that tells others our story. And so again, we're back to the same thing. We've got to be strong in the Lord and in the, the Lord's mighty strength. How are we going to do that? Well, the things we say we believe, we need to live. Again, using Ephesians, Ephesians 1 to 3, you know, think about this, read about this, learn about this. This is the way to believe. And then now, if you, if you buy it, if that's what you say you believe, then this is the lifestyle that's consistent with that belief. So belief and behavior always go together. And we're working on that. It doesn't mean like, you know, perfect, but we're working on it. When we do that, we're going to face resistance. Pure and simple. So we've got to put on the full armor of God to stand in the day of our attack, and we've got to pray together. So that's where we end up. Again, praying together. So I have some suggestions. I would like for us, like we did last week, I'd like for us to get in groups of eight. Again, I'm just drawing from history. Roman soldiers, as they marched along, groups of eight, and they had a mule. We don't have any mules, so we're just getting groups of eight. In that group of eight, again, try, don't get in a circle. You know, kind of get in a square, because that's, that's kind of how the Romans did it. You can look at each other, you can get back to back, side to side, whatever you want to do it, but try to kind of square it up. And then... The thing that I really want you to, to remember is the picture of the shield. That some of us are holding our shield out, some of us are holding our shield above us. I mean, we, we have this faith that is providing the shelter for us. And having that shelter, when the arrows are shot our way, we're protected. And so in the protection of that, we pray. And we want to pray for others. So you can pray for each other. That's others. But then also pray for somebody else outside of this room that's following Jesus someplace on the planet. And then together just pray. Pray that 
each of us would have a message that we would, we would be given this message to give to others and we deliver it fearlessly. All right, that's how I'd like us to end our morning. Groups of eight, praying these ways. Thank you for listening to me. Enjoy the time together. Let me pray a quick prayer. Blessing, Lord, thank you that you want us to be strong. Thank you that you want us to be strong in your strength. And thank you that there's a way for us to do that. May we learn about putting on the armor of God together, resisting the evil one, and praying for others. In your name, amen. So groups of eight around the room, pray together, and then you're... The morning's over.